Alright, Exodus chapter 32. We, we got into Exodus 32 last week. And we're going to continue on there this week and probably next week and maybe the next. We'll just have to see. We're just going to kind of take our time and, and get through there. This is a, it's a good chapter. It's a lot I think we can take from this chapter. We'll just kind of hit the high points though. Exodus 32, we read the first six verses last week. And this week we're going to read verses 7 through 14. Now Moses had been up on the mountain and God had been giving him instruction of things that he was going to relay to the people of Israel who were at the foot of the mountain. And uh, last week uh, the, the, the people got impatient. They didn't want to wait on Moses anymore. They said, well, where is this Moses at? He's left us here. Uh, so we've got to come up with another plan. We've got to come up with a, with a new God who's going to lead us from this place. We made it out of Egypt, but here we are. We're stuck. Moses is up on the mountain. What are we going to do? And so uh, they got together with Aaron and said, Hey, look, we, we need to make a new God to worship. They took their earrings and all of the gold they had, and they melted it down and uh, formed it into the shape of a golden calf. And they said, This is the God who we are going to worship. And so they had uh, given up on the Lord. They had given up on Moses. And so last week we kind of saw the error of the peoples. Well, let's say sin. Error seems a little too nice. We saw the sin of the people, the, the disobedience, them not waiting on the Lord. And then this week in these verses we shift gears. Now we're going up on the mountain. Now we're going to see what God has to say about the whole situation and what Moses has to say uh, once he finds out uh, what is going on. And that's what we're going to see in the verses we look at tonight. Exodus chapter 32, verse 7. The Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once, for your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel, this is your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord also said to Moses, I have seen this people, and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them, and I can destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation." But Moses interceded with the Lord his God. Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians say, He brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your great anger and relent concerning this disaster planned for your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, you swore to them by your very self and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and will give your offspring all this land that I have promised and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he said he would bring on his people. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these words and I pray, dear Lord, that we can learn something from them tonight. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal to us what we need to hear. As we see what's going on in these verses, dear Lord, let us examine our own lives to make sure that we are not guilty of some of the same things that maybe were going on here, dear Lord. I pray, God, that in the things in these verses that may be tough for me to explain or tough for us to understand, God, that the Holy Spirit 
will explain to us what we need to hear, dear Lord, and, and be okay with the things that we don't have the answers to that maybe we would like to have the answers to. And I pray, God, more than anything, that Jesus Christ would be glorified in this place tonight. So I pray, God, that you hide me behind the cross, that you open my mouth to say just the right words that you would have me to say tonight. And I pray, God, that you lead me as I speak and that you open our ears that we would hear. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we see God's response to the great sin that Israel had committed. And it is, it, is, it is a right response. Now, the people of Israel had really done a horrible thing here. After all, we talked about last week all the things that God had done for them. Uh, we've seen that over the last few months, how God had delivered them. The fact that they would turn on God so quickly and in such a way that they think that, a, that, a, that an image made by their hands was going to save them is pretty, is, is, is pretty horrendous. That's a, that's a pretty horrible thing to do. It's a, it's a very sinful thing that they had done. They had completely turned their back on God. And God was angry as a result of that, and rightfully so. The people deserved some, some punishment for that. God would have been right in any punishment uh, that he would have given them. He is a just God, and he was uh, not wanting to destroy them for no reason whatsoever. He had been very patient with them throughout the process that had gone on in their uh, being delivered from Egypt. And so here we have the scene that's set. The people have turned their back on God, and God tells Moses, you need to get back down the mountain, and you need to get down the mountain now because the people are out of control. Now, that's paraphrasing a little bit, but that's exactly what God had told Moses. He said, uh, go down at once, and listen at this. He says, for your people you brought out of the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. Isn't it interesting how God says your people? Now, now maybe he's saying that like, like a parent does. When they're proud of their kid, it's their, it's their child. But when they're mad at them, your son, your daughter did this. And here we have God saying your people. Now, I don't know that that's what God meant there, but maybe it is. But at the very least, God meant these are your people. They're, uh, they're, 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 they're from the same bloodline as you are. They're, they're your people group. And look at what they have done. And Moses kind of shifts gears a little bit. As Moses starts talking, he says, are your people? And he kind of, he kind of reminds God as if God needed to be reminded whose people uh, they were. And God said, look, Moses, the people are out of control. You need to get down there. They have made this calf and they have begun to offer sacrifices to it. And they have begun to worship it. And things are getting really bad. Now God says, look, leave me alone. I'm angry with them. He says as we... Uh, <coughs> As we saw in the, uh, uh, let's see, let's see what verse it is. Uh, verse 10, excuse me. Verse 10. Now, leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them and I can destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. Now, God is very angry here with the people because of the sin that they have committed. Now, he tells, he tells Moses, look, I'm going to destroy them and I'll make you a great nation. Now, you have to be a pretty, a pretty strong person to reject that, that offer. You have to be a pretty humble servant of the Lord and really desire to, to, to serve the Lord when God himself is saying, I will make you a great nation. And Moses didn't say, all right, God, they sinned. Sorry for them. They shouldn't have done that. All right, make me a great nation. Now, some may be tempted to do that, but Moses was not tempted to do that. 
We see here a lot, I think, about the character in the heart of Moses. Because in God's anger and his wanting to bring punishment to the people and destroy them, it says, and rightfully so for their sinfulness, Moses interceded for them. In verse 11, But Moses interceded with the Lord his God, Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with, with great power and a strong hand? Now, Moses just, just repeats what happens. It's not that God has forgotten that through his power and his strength that he's delivered his people. But Moses says, why do you want to do this? These are your people. And then he gives them an example of why it's a bad idea. He says, look, God, if you do this, the people in Egypt will look and they will see what, have, what has happened. And they would say, well, look at their God. He just brought them out just to destroy them. Now, that would not have made God look good. That would have made God look like an evil God. Even if he would have been right in the punishment of the people of Israel, that's not what it would have looked like to the people on the outside looking in. And Moses said, look, Lord, why are you so angry with your people? Think about what's going to happen. If, if you destroy these people, the very ones you delivered them from will look at you and, and say, boy, that's a, that's a crazy God. That's an evil God to want to do that to his own people. Turn from your great anger and relent concerning this disaster planned for your people. Then he says in verse 13, Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by your very self and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give your offspring all this land that I have promised, and they will inherit it forever. Now, we just talked about that promise Sunday morning at church. And, and, and Moses here reminds God, remember when you made the promise to Abraham and his descendants. Remember that you swore by yourself, as we saw Sunday, because there's no one greater to swear by. You have given the people your word. You have made the promise to your people. Remember that, God. Remember the promise you made to Abraham uh, and, and Isaac and Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. Do you remember that promise? So relent, dear Lord. Don't give in to this anger. Don't let your anger burn against these people. Don't destroy these people. Moses is interceding on their behalf. He's standing between God and the people. He knows that God is right in wanting to uh, do what he wants to do to the people, but Moses wants to see the people delivered. It's not that Moses doesn't acknowledge or understand that what they did is wrong, as we will see in the coming verses, but Moses desires that God would be patient with them, that God would not bring this swift uh, destruction upon them, even though they may have been deserving of it. And in verse 14, So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he said he would bring on his people. Now, my translation says relented. Some of your translations may say repented. Other of your translations may say he changed his mind. Now, I'll tell you, this is a tough verse to kind of wrap our head around because in 1 Samuel 15, 29, it says that God is not like humans. He's not like man. He doesn't change his mind. But yet here, the, the word that's used in the Hebrew pretty much means that he changed his mind. So what do we make of this verse and verses like this? Well, I'll be honest with you. I've been, I've been reading it and pondering it all day, and I've, I've read lots of different opinions and views, and I'll just tell you, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of it, but I know this. God was gracious to his people here. 
He had mercy on them when they did not deserve it. Now, whether we choose to call that changing his mind or whatever we want to view that as, perhaps it was the, a, a change of the people. Perhaps it was a change of the heart of Moses. And when Moses interceded for the people, the situation changed. Therefore, what God was going to do changed. Not that God himself has changed in any way, but perhaps the situation changing caused God to give grace and mercy where it was not deserved. We see another example of, 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 of this uh, with Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 20. God sends Isaiah to Hezekiah and he says, Look, Hezekiah, you're going to die here pretty soon, so you need to get your affairs in order. And the scripture says that Hezekiah prayed to the Lord and said, Look, Lord, don't take my life from me. Remember that I'm your faithful servant. Remember that I've been obedient to you. And God heard Hezekiah's prayer, and he told Isaiah to go back. And he said, go back, and, 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 and Isaiah gave, uh, uh, got 15 years as a result. God didn't take his life. He said, in three days you're going to be healed from whatever illness that he had. And that illness was not going to take his life at that moment at least, and God was going to give him 15 more years. God heard his prayer, and as a result of that prayer that Hezekiah made, God didn't do what he originally said he was going to do. Now, whether we call that God changing his mind or whether we call it God having grace and mercy, I don't know what term to use there. We see a similar uh, instance with uh, Jonah as he goes into Nineveh and he preaches against Nineveh that in 40 days that the city is going to be destroyed. But guess what? Upon hearing the news, the people relent. They repent of their evil ways. And as a result of the change of the people, God doesn't bring the punishment that they deserve. Now when it comes to does God change his mind, I don't know if God changes his mind, but I do know that God hears our request. I do know that God hears our prayers. The Bible says that the, uh, that the fervent prayer of the righteous uh, availeth much. That is, if we're persistent in prayer, it is effective and it is, it, it is powerful. Uh, some would say, well, well, our prayers can't cause God to change His mind. Well, maybe they don't cause God to change His mind. I don't know about that language, but I do know this. I do know that God hears our request. I think we see proof of that in Scripture, that God hears the requests of His people. He hears the calling out of His people. He hears it with Moses, that Moses is there, and God wants to bring destruction on those who, who, who deserve destruction. But because one man interceded on their behalf, God relented. God didn't give them what they deserved. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's encouraging for me. It's encouraging for me because there are people in this world that I pray for. There are people in this world that you pray for. And they may be deserving of God's punishment, just like all of us are deserving of God's punishment apart from Jesus Christ. But these verses give me encouragement to know that God listened to the request of His faithful servant. When Moses came to him and said, Please, God, don't bring this judgment on these people, but spare these people, God, even though they are in the wrong, even though they've sinned greatly against you, dear Lord, don't let your anger consume them, but rather, God, deliver them from this situation. And God listened to his servant. That's important for us because there are people in this world that we are praying for. There are people in this world uh, that, that, that need to come to the Lord that aren't with the Lord right now. They're rejecting the Lord. They may be sinning against the Lord, 
just as, as badly as the, as the people of Israel were. But it may be our prayer. It may be our intercession when we come to the Lord and say, God, have mercy on them. God, get a hold of them. God, get their attention. God, let them know that they need you. God, God they don't deserve you, but God, give them your grace. And we see that time and time again in God's Word. We see it with Israel a lot that God continually gives them His grace because He is faithful when we are not. We see it in Hezekiah when he prays to the Lord and said, Lord, please spare me. We see God grant that request. I don't know why God granted that request, but He did. Perhaps he wouldn't have if Hezekiah wouldn't have come to him. I don't know. But I know that Hezekiah did go to him, and I know that Hezekiah did hear. I know that because Jonah was willing to go and tell the people what God was going to do, that they heard his word, and it brought fear into their lives. They realized their sinfulness. And as a result of them humbling themselves and repenting before the Lord and, and, and mourning over their sin, God didn't bring destruction on them, but he relented. And God gave them grace even though they did not deserve it. And the same God that we read about and all of these stories that we just talked about in the Old Testament is the same God that you and I serve today. It's the same God that gives us grace even when we don't deserve it. Some would say this is God changing His mind. I don't know if it's God changing His mind, but I know this. I know that He's giving grace right here. I know that he's given grace and God still wants to give grace to his people today. Because just like the Israelites, we sin against the Lord. Sometimes maybe we say it's just a little sin or maybe sometimes we think we sin in a big way. Maybe a horrible way, a, a horrendous way like the Israelites did. No matter how big or small we think our sins are before the Lord, they are sins before the Lord. And they separate us from God. But praise the Lord that Jesus Christ is there to intercede on our behalf. He's the mediator between God and man. Just as Moses was the mediator between the Israelites and between God, and he was pleading on their behalf, so Jesus Christ does for you and I. When we come to him, when we are covered by the blood, Jesus Christ is the one who covers us. Jesus Christ is the one that makes us his. Jesus Christ is the one who gives us good standing before God because of what he's done, because he was faithful, because of his sacrifice, because of his love. And as a result of that, we receive the very grace of God just as the Israelites did. They could have been destroyed in an instant, but God was patient with them. Now, they suffered some consequences. I'm not saying that they got out of this thing with no consequences, but God was patient with them. And God is patient with us. And if God's been patient with you tonight, maybe you feel like right now God's being patient with you in some way, then humble yourself before the Lord. Go before Him. Go before Jesus Christ, who is your anchor. Grab hold of Him and pray to God that He will give you that mercy and grace you don't deserve because Jesus Christ has covered you and Jesus Christ has given you forgiveness and He's given you the strength to overcome whatever it is that you may have done and whatever way you may have sinned against God. Know that God has grace for you through the cross. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words. And dear Lord, it's a hard thing to, to figure out what, what it means if you change your mind or don't change your mind, dear Lord. But I pray, God, that we see your character all throughout your word, that we see that you are patient with us, dear Lord, that you are gracious to us, that you are merciful to us, dear Lord, when we sin. 
But God, help us not to, not to sin in the same way as the Israelites did. Let us not be quick to give up on you. Let us not just blatantly turn our backs on you, dear Lord. And be quick to forget all that you've done for us, dear Lord. And, and be quick to, to, to not recognize what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so I pray, God, that you just help us to take these words to heart. I pray, God, that you would help us to, to just live in the grace that we receive, dear Lord, and let that uh, drive our attitudes and our actions to do, to do right by you, dear Lord, and to live for you and to love others. God, let us, let us follow the example of Moses here. God, there may be people in our lives that we know. Let us be faithful to pray for them, to lift them up, dear Lord, to intercede on their behalf, dear Lord, that you may uh, have mercy on them, dear Lord, that, that, that the Holy Spirit may, may touch their heart, that they may hear your word, that they may uh, know who you are, dear Lord, that they may know about Jesus. And I pray, God, that you help us to, uh, to continue to lift those up that we care about, dear Lord, because we know you hear our prayers. We know you do, dear Lord, and we know you respond. And I, I thank you, dear Lord, for, for hearing our prayers. And dear Lord, you don't always answer in the way we want, but God, we, we know that what you do is right. And help us not to forget that. Help us not ever to forget that you are right in your ways, dear Lord, and let us trust you in whatever you do. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.